The Nerdalogs is a Chicago-based sketch group that writes comedy based on shared true, personal stories about our existence as lifelong nerds. We started your stories to give everyone a chance to do what we do, share their own stories, and foster a more heartfelt, welcoming nerd community. Your Stories is about embracing the weird and obscure in your life and asserting your geekdom with a group that gets your references. And, most importantly, Your Stories is a place to bring people up, not to put anyone down. Try to keep your stories around five minutes, laugh at jokes, cry if appropriate, and applaud everyone who has the guts to sit here, tell a story, and come out as a nerd. Hey everybody, my name is Eric Arnaud. And welcome to the first part of the Nerdalogs Presents Your Stories August podcast, to tie in with the Nerdalogs July sketch show, The Skywalking Dead, which ran at the Playground Theater in Chicago every Friday last month. The theme of this episode is the end of the world. What messages of doom and gloom, or hope, do our speakers have for us this month? We'll find out from comedian and podcast host Sawyer Heppies, as well as Nerdalogs members Steve Persh, Joe Gennaro, and Chris Geiger. As always, music comes from myself and Dwight Hassler, with a special assist from Sarah Schieber doing one very magical performance. This is probably my favorite episode of the show yet, guys. I really think you're going to like this one. Uh, speaking of Skywalking Dead, did you come see Skywalking Dead? If so, thank you very much. And if not, that's alright, because you still have plenty of chances to catch the Nerdalog Sketch Troop in action coming soon. Uh, for instance, this Friday, we'll be at the Milwaukee Comedy Festival, which is Wisconsin's largest comedy event. We'll be performing at 7.30 at the Next Act Theater Building, 255 South Water Street. Uh, after the show, we are definitely, definitely going to the Safe House, which is a bar your life really needs to take you to at some point. Uh, our next Your Stories recording will be Sunday, August 19th at 7 p.m. As usual, it'll take place at the Upstairs Gallery in Chicago, 5219 North Clark Street. Uh, it costs nothing to go to, and it's BYOB. Uh, this recording will have uh, kind of a special theme, since it is uh, Nerdalogs member Bill Kenkel's last show with us, sadly. So, given that Bill is a super smart scientist, he thought it would be cool to do a show based around the theme of proposing a theory about anything you want. So, observe the world around you, gather evidence, and present your findings Sunday, August 19th. Or, just come help say goodbye to Bill. One last thing, I know this is probably annoying at this point, but if you really like the show and you want to throw a few bucks our way to help cover web hosting, We'd greatly appreciate it. Uh, you can do that on the side of our homepage at yourstories.podbean. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N.com. Either way, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you soon.
here from somewhere else. The war machine, it springs to life, opens up one eager eye, focusing in on the sky. It's 99 red balloons go by. Scurry. Call out the troops now in a hurry. This is what we've waited for. This is it, boys. This is war. The president is on the line. It's 99. Red balloons go by. That was a city If I could find a souvenir Just to prove The world was here And here it is A red balloon I think of you And let it go
should also see if you can like put yourselves in the corner of that scene in uh, Armageddon. Just have like this recording of you guys like playing that just right <laughs> as it's going on. I think much better movie. Um, oh, wow. Uh, how's everybody doing? Everybody good? Woo-hoo. I was looking forward to this. And I didn't realize I was going to have to pee so bad right when I had to get up here. But we're going to work through that. So that might be the end of the world today. Um, so many of you know me as a weird adult. But believe it or not, I was an even weirder kid. I was a really, really weird kid. I think the weirdest thing about me, the thing basically that I think wasn't awesome, <laughs> was I had this weird fear of death as a kid. Like, just really, like, I would honestly wake up in the middle of the night, and I would just go to my parents' bedroom, like, I'm like, what's wrong? Did you have a nightmare? Like, is everything okay? It's like, no, I just don't want to die. 
And it's like, well, I mean, you know, and it's hard. When a little kid, you can't explain, like, well, everybody's going to die, so. Um, but it was weird. I just couldn't sleep certain nights because I'm like, no, I'm going to die someday, and that's going to suck. Like, But, you know, today's theme is about the end of the world, and I think that that's kind of synonymous with death, the end. It's definite. It's certain. It's going to happen. And it's weird because when I was a kid, I was terrified of that. But as you get older and become more awkward and embarrassed, I think death is the only thing you want anymore. Not in like a cynical, like suicidal way. Just that moment where you're so ridiculously terrified or embarrassed. You're like, kill me now. The end of the world. The end of the world is going to kindergarten for the first time. The end of the world is wetting your pants at kindergarten for the first time. <laughs> it's going from then to first grade. And from then on to eighth grade, then graduating to high school, the end of the world, as you hit middle school, and then you realize you're getting too old to watch Power Rangers anymore, or that all those Pokemon cards you were going to sell, you gave to the kids next door who, like, brains almost exploded when they had, like, triple the amount of actual Pokemon, Pokemon, po- whatever the plural is, I don't even remember anymore, uh, for free. They got it for free. They, when your mom gave away your Legos and you're like, I don't care if I'm in high school. I wanted to keep my Legos. When you come home and your action figures aren't there anymore. When you ask out a girl for the first time and it's really bold choice uh, if you were anything like me with someone that was well out of your league. The first time you write a love letter to a girl that same year and she shows it to everybody else. That was the end of the world. Yeah, the end of the world was the first pool party you had to go to where you also had to figure out dancing and you learned that you learned how to dance by watching Saved by the Bell. (laughs) That was the end of the world. The end of the world is getting an erection in front of the entire class. The end of the world is getting someone's name wrong on a public venue. Uh... The end of the, sorry, I had to make a joke. I thought more people were gonna laugh, but um, the end of the world is is not knowing. The end of the world is doing your first high school theater audition because you realize that's the thing that you wanted to do. The end of the world is the following semester where you do your first musical theater audition and you realize Savage Garden might not have been the best choice for Oklahoma. <laughs> Simultaneously realizing, oh my gosh, I'm tone deaf and no one told me till now. <laughs> The end of the world is getting dumped for the first time. And the end of the world is even beyond that, breaking up with someone for the first time when you have to be the bad guy. The end of the world is getting your first job or the first day of any job. The end of the world is hating your job. The end of the world is messing up at your job. The end of the world is watching your boss send you passive-aggressive emails day after day, micromanaging everything you do. The end of the world is the unknown. It's uncertain. The end of the world is doing your first college audition. The end of the world is walking off stage because the people that handled the props didn't clean out the seltzer water from the prior week, and you're who, you who was allergic to mold ran off stage and vomited backstage. The end of the world is being in combat class, having your friends snap your neck, and you being the actor you are, play dead, only to find out that your tiny penis had popped out for the entire class to see. (laughs) The end of the world is getting an award for it at the very end of the semester. (laughs) The end of the world is terrifying. The end of the world is, is trying to meet people, you know, in a new city you don't know anymore. The end of the world is trying to ask girls out again. It's trying to get back into a relationship. The end of the world is learning to love again. The end of the world is realizing your parents aren't around anymore to catch your fall.
the end of the world is scary. The end of the world sometimes is waking up in the morning and not wanting to get out of bed for no reason at all because you don't know anymore. The end of the world, I think after a while, um, what really kind of struck me uh, when this became the topic was relief. It's weird. But I think the end of the world becomes kind of too easy. Death can be a shortcut. It can be, it can be, it's a get out of jail free car. It doesn't matter if, you know, an asteroid or meteor, I don't know my whatever, but it doesn't matter if it's zombies, it doesn't matter if it turns out dinosaurs were like hiding under the earth and they come out. <laughs> doesn't, yeah, I actually, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. It doesn't matter if it's the rapture and wishful thinking. Um, it becomes too easy, I find. That it's like I could sit here every embarrassing moment, every fuck up, every failure, every time you realize you're not the best, you're not right, you are wrong, no matter what you do, you can't change that. But the end of the world just becomes too easy. I think it's an easy way out. And I say, you know, it's, it sounds cliche, it's not the uh, destination, it's the journey. And that's the end of the world. Thank you guys. Thank you, Sawyer. That was that was awesome. I, I gotta say, the first time you did your stories, I fucked up your name. I'm so glad that Iyer has passed to Joe now. <laughs> so, Joe, from my heart, thank you for taking that bullet for our friend Spencer. <laughs> uh, up next, we have Steve Hirsch of the Nerdalogs with us on. Joe, look, it's not the end of the world. Ah, I see what So for this end of the world show that uh, the Nerdalogs is doing, I've been performing uh, a monologue about uh, the evolution of man and uh, our ancestors and the, the previous species leading up to Homo sapiens that, uh, for the most part, went extinct. Um, and Homo sapiens have survived. Uh, this idea that when we talk about the end of the world, we're talking about the smaller things, uh, death, possibly the extinction of mankind. But so far, humanity, we're still here. Homo sapiens have not gone extinct yet. Uh, and I, I think that's, that's a great accomplishment for us. <laughs> yeah, we haven't, we have not yet destroyed ourselves. Uh, so this is a song uh, that, that honors Homo sapiens uh, for surviving. It's, uh, it's called Ode to the Modern Man. Man careens through space on a blue marble at 68,000 miles an hour. Man survives cruel cold climates and the harshest Siberian snows. Man walked proud out of Angola as the climax of mammalian evolution. Modern man, you're the Homo sapien triumph. <laughs> Successful offspring of one million generations. You want to race against 300 million slower sperm. Your atoms sprung from the crucible of a white hot shooting star. Tonight I'll crown you universal king. <laughs> oh, wait, you just sent me a text. You missed the bus, you're running late. And there was some roommate drama. The litter box is overwhelming. I know how Christopher can get when discussing Comcast data plans. Modern man, I'll sing your praises still. <laughs> An unbroken line of warriors leads through history to you. The 
bleeding Roman legionnaire said, By Jove, my son will survive. The desperate Irish immigrant said, By Christ's blood, I have arrived. Challenges met as men, they bested them all. <laughs> you have harnessed the elements, iron orbins to your will. You carry a dual core processor in your Levi's pocket. Pizza bites of information always at your fingertips. And right now you're flinging angry birds. <laughs> oh, come on, another text. You seriously forgot your bus pass. That's okay, look at your shoes. Phidippides would kill for that. He ran from Marathon. You can walk from Montrose. Get it together, you overgrown man boy. <laughs> Modern man, what's wrong? The world is new, but you're not brave, you're capable of more. You've forgotten why we left the cave, the world needs you now. Our problems are few, but tremendous, yet you shrink away. You're blowing it, and I lament this, what we do in life echoes in eternity. Come on, you gladiator, be the hero of modernity. On a blue marble at 68,000 miles an hour Man survives cold, cold climates and the harshest Siberian snows Man walked proud out of Angola as the climax of mammalian evolution Modern man, you're the homo sapien triumph <laughs> <laughs> Thank you Can I ask, is that line about Christopher True, are you really, like, really bad about Comcast data plans? Oh, yeah. what, it wasn't about this guy here, necessarily. We'll talk to me afterwards. I'm a sub for, for Comcast, so... I go over all the time. <laughs> <laughs> sorry to out you like that, buddy. Yeah. All right, I'm sorry I busted your chops, like, five minutes ago. Joe Gennaro, you're a great guy. Come up and, and tell your story. Can I say that Joe also did an excellent job hosting the, um, what, what even was it, like a... A uh, uh, Geek Girls Bear All, a burlesque cabaret. Yeah. Joe, an excellent host. Uh, and it's true, during the show I, I did mispronounce our, our friend's name. So, Sanjay Harrison, I'm very sorry. <laughs> oh, I love Sanjay. Yeah, he's a good guy. So I can't believe I messed up his name. Sanjay. <laughs> that's, that's the proper pronunciation, that's correct. Um, of all the ends of the world, I mean, we, we are bomba- bombarded with different Armageddons and Apocalypsi and <laughs> ends of the world's being nerds. Um, there, there's nuclear holocausts, there's government takeovers, there's asteroids, dinosaurs under the earth. Uh, now, <laughs> we are, we're, we're going to lose every single one of these. Um, and I, I think... My favorite, for sure, is zombies, uh, the zombie apocalypse. And I think, I didn't have this realization until I was sitting on that couch back there. I think it's because in the other ones, I would feel helpless. Uh, if there's an asteroid coming, there's nothing I can do to, to, do, to, to combat that. If there's a, a, a nuclear bomb falling, I can try to hide under my desk, like those videos said. But <laughs> other than that, no. But if there's zombies... That's something I've trained for. That's something I know what to do. So I, I was thinking about calling this monologue Zombies Can Bite Me, but I thought it was a little too cheesy. And it's only like a half monologue, but I still wanted to share it with you guys tonight. 
Uh, I am not frightened by the zombie apocalypse. And I'll tell you why. I have a three-point plan. A, I'm prepared. B, I'm faster than I look. C, all you have to do is outlast them. So A, I'm prepared. I have seen every time of day of the dead movie there is. (laughs) So I'm abreast of current research and analysis. I've beaten Left 4 Dead on Elite. (laughs) And I always keep a melee weapon with uh, decent reach near my bed. It's actually a piece of a little fence that is kept on tree lawns. It's iron with a ball at the end, so it's got great cave sma- uh, uh, skull-smashing abilities. Um, every time I step into a train car or a bus, I assess possible threats and exits. <laughs> also, I would not hesitate to amputate or kill a loved one if need be. <laughs> B, honestly, I am faster than I look. I mean, I am no Pietro Maximoff, but I can be surprisingly quick. One time in college, I ran from the cafeteria to my dorm in 39 seconds. And you guys have no idea what my college campus is, but that's really impressive. So I can make a few Z's miss. I can zig, I can zag. I can juke. I played enough Madden where I know how to do the spin move now. (laughs) C, all you have to do is outlast zombies. Uh, Anybody who knows how the human body works knows that movement tears muscle fiber, and then it regrows. That's how exercise works. It regrows stronger. But zombies don't regrow anything. When they get a a cut or a, a... an eye falls out or a pole goes through them, it stays there forever. They do not regenerate. So all you have to do is wait for them to walk themselves to death. They will eventually just fall apart or dissolve in the rain like the Wicked Witch of the West. So just lock yourself up, get some water, get some rum, and you're going to be great. Uh, A zombie epidemic could break out right now, and I know that I would be okay. So stick with me, and I will be your Chris Redfield. Thank you. If the zombie apocalypse really broke out right now, would you lead us all to safety? Yeah, anyone who sticks with me, sure. I'd stay with you, Joe. So uh, I think we got one more story tonight, uh, which is by my request, but I'm going to tell a mini story first, so that's okay to set it up. So uh, I mentioned earlier I went to San Diego Comic-Con this week, and uh, on Wednesday night, if you have a press pass or an all-weekend pass, you get to go to this thing called Preview Night, which is where they show you TV pilots that'll air in the fall before anyone else gets to see them. And one of the pilots they showed was Arrow, which was, it's based on the Green Arrow comic. It's super bad, guys, just FYI. (laughs) But... There's two things in the pilot, like, and you're in a room, by the way, with like, I don't know, 5,000 people watching these pilots, maybe? Maybe like half that, but a lot of people. Um, so the plot of Arrow is that Ollie Queen, our hero, is stranded on a deserted island for five years, and then he gets found and he comes back home and he's going to clean up his city. It's a whole lot like Batman Begins. Um, but there's a part in there where he's talking to his best friend and he's like, oh, what did, 
what did I miss? And the guy's like, oh, here's the Super Bowl winners, and here's what music is cool, and there's this thing called Twilight, and he's like, oh, what's Twilight? And his friend's like, oh, it's better if you don't know. You better believe the whole room just fucking erupted into cheers. Now, this is at a convention where a woman literally died because she was so anxious to get in line for Twilight, the Twilight panel, that she ran into a train, and it killed her Tuesday. This literally happened. What? Yeah, okay. There's another part in the pilot where our hero straight up kills the guy in cold blood because he's partially responsible for Ollie's dad being killed. Again, room erupts into cheers. I don't understand why people want their heroes to kill. It drives me crazy. And I realize that nerds, more than maybe any other social group, are awful cynics. And Sean kind of touched on this. And it drives me insane because... I really do think cynicism will be what kills us. And with that in mind, I was going to write a full monologue, and I know someone else here was too, and we both, there's nothing we can say that Chris Geiger can't say better. Whoa. So this is, your, this is Chris Geiger's monologue from The Sky Walking Dead. He's telling it on my behalf because this is everything I want to say. So Chris Geiger, everybody. Well, after that uh, wonderful opening, I'm going to fuck it up. <laughs> uh, so the end of the world is coming, right? You know, although, in my opinion, it's kind of been here for all of us multiple times in our lives, as Sawyer kind of touched on. Sanjay? Yes. Right. Sanjay touched on. Uh, it's been here multiple times in our lives, uh, whether it was, you know, when you graduated high school or college or lost that job or you know, got broken up with or broke up with somebody or moved to a new city, you've seen the end of the world and then you dared to move past it. And despite all of that pain and heartache that we associate with, like, those small end-of-the-world moments, we really want the big one, don't we? We just really want that big one, despite what it implies, because it kind of offers a little bit of a safe harbor from those smaller decisions, you know, uh... We figure in this new world, all of those decisions will be rendered useless and meaningless, and the only decision that we'll have to make is whether or not to keep living. We figure in this new world, we won't have to worry about our bills or rent or, you know, tough jobs or tough friendships or old flames or material goods. No, 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 no. All we'll have to worry about is keeping our wits about us, trusty dog by our side and a cricket bat in our hand, <laughs> and our eyes firmly fixed on the open road ahead of us. We really want the big one. We don't care how we get it, whether it's nuclear fallout, zombies, aliens, it doesn't matter. We just want it to end. And it's all so appealing. I get it. I so get it. But I'm going to be kind of honest, even though we have an end-of-the-world theme show and an end-of-the-world theme your stories, I fucking hate the end-of-the-world as a trope. I hate it. Because it's a fantasy, which is fine. We're nerds. We love fantasies. But it's a fantasy propagated by fear. It's fear of the unknown the complicated, the inconvenient. It's kind of like the it's the same reason like why like white old stodgy congressmen hate gay marriage, for example, you know? It's cuz it's too unknown and too complicated and too inconvenient for them to understand. Uh so what I like to see in my end of the world stories, I see the silver lining. I enjoy like the dawn of the dead and stuff like that because of that silver lining of hope, right? That this time in this world will have a bit more agency, that we'll have a bit more of a chance to make a better future and kind of take care of this fucked up world that we already live in. 
And there's a, speaking of like the gay marriage thing, there's a mantra used by LBGT teens to kind of cope with this increasingly fucked up world we live in. It just says, it gets better. That, you know, and even though that very firmly applies to them, it also applies to other smaller marginalized groups like us, the nerds, right? We've seen so many ends to so many worlds in our lives, whether it was high school or yesterday, it doesn't matter. We've, but we're the type that doesn't give into that fear, right? We boldly go into those strange new worlds. We seek out that new life that understands us and those new places to call home. And, you know, I've moved around a lot in my life. I've lost a, a home to a hurricane, you know, and I've seen things that I've cared deeply for destroyed by two tornadoes and an earthquake. Uh, I've loved and I've lost and I've lost friends and made new ones just as I'm sure all of you have and the binding force in all of that is that mantra that it gets better that this time even though the world is ending it's actually a new bright beginning to be blinded by you know like we always see the end of the world as the dawn of the dead but it's probably the end of our world is going to be closer to Star Trek I mean, you and me, we're not, we're not Joe. We're not the hard-jawed, uh, hard leather-clad survivors of that post-apocalypse. We're not the people that do that. We're, at best, the rebels of that long-forgotten city-state in post-World War III, standing in a field with James Cromwell as we look up into the stars as the Vulcans land for first contact. You know? And we have to believe that our vision, that our future will be brighter as long as we embrace that better ideal, that it gets better. And not give in to that vision of that dusty, orange, hazy horizon of a rubble-filled world. It gets better. Thanks. So this song choice we're gonna do. Oh, thank you all for coming, by the way. And for the good story. I uh, I am pretty exhausted and I didn't feel it at all during the show. So bless you guys. Um, this is kind of an obvious choice, but it had to be done. So you ready? Mm-hmm. That's great. It starts with an earthquake, birds and snakes and airplane, and Lenny Bruce is not afraid. I have a hurricane. Turn world, serve its own needs Dummy, serve your own needs Beat it up and not speak Run, no strength The ladder starts to clatter With fear, fight, down, hide Wire in a fire Representing seven games And a government for hire At the combat site Left the western coming In a hurry with the furies Breathing down your neck Team by team reporters Baffle Trump Try the crop Look at that low plane Fine, then Uh-oh, overflow Population coming with But it'll do to save yourself Serve yourself World serves its own needs Listen to your heart Bleed dummy with the rapture And the reverend and the Right, right, symbiotic, patriotic, slam, fight, bright light, feeling pretty sight. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's, it's the end of the world as we know it. And I feel fine. Six o'clock TV hour, Duncan Cotton, four tower, slash and bird return. Listen to yourself, churn, locking in. Crush, crush, uh-oh, this means no fear Cavalier, renegades, they're clear Turn-
tournament of life. Offer me solutions, offer me alternatives, and I decline. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's, it's the end of the world as we know it. It's, it's the end of the world as we know it. I feel fine. It's, it's the end of the world as we know it. It's, it's the end of the world as we know it. It's, it's the end of the world. Time I know it, and I feel fine.